Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hi, this is Kurt Sumner, your host for Surveyor Says, the NSPS podcast series. As our listeners know, we have a variety of elements to Surveyor Says. We have a, a, a group of podcasts with our current directors. We have a number of other things. And one of the things we're trying to work on more diligently than we've done in the past is to have conversations with more what people my age call young surveyors. Uh, sometimes they're a lot younger and sometimes they're not so much younger, but they're still younger. And um, it's very important for us as NSPS to know the perspective of the younger surveyors and also on our diversity side, because everybody listening to what I'm saying now is fully aware of how not diverse we have been through time. Um, and uh, we've not been young necessarily because historically people didn't get into the professional side of surveying until they were quite a bit older because they had to go through a much longer period of, of internship before they were able to, to be examined. And with educational uh, opportunities coming out today, then that, that's changed pretty dramatically for a good thing. Um, but, but what it does is it means that our organizations need to adapt to that dynamic and take advantage of all of the, the background, the experiences, and certainly the, the foresight of a younger group of people so that our profession perpetuates if, if, if we decided to just not recruit any others, surveyors would be out of business in about 20 years because we're that's what the age group is. So today I have with me my pleasure to have Gretel Zwick. Welcome, Gretel. Hello. Thank you. Gretel actually is not far from us. She works for a company in Maryland and in S, or the NSPS office in Maryland and as it turns out, she works for uh, a company which is owned by an old friend of mine, uh, Mike McGuire. So, Mike, if you're listening, hello. And, and uh, I told Gretel when we were first chatting about this that uh, I'd been on golf outings with Mike a few times, and he's a pretty good golfer, and I'm a horrible golfer. So he had to put up with me when we were doing that, but he was very gracious about doing it. So, yes. so Greta, share with our, our listeners a little bit about your background, how you how you got to where you are. Oh, well, my background's a, a little different than most. I, um, I started off by going to a community college back in Ohio. I uh, went to Cincinnati State Technical and Community College, and I got my associates um, through them. And... Then I continued on at a local university, Northern Kentucky University, um, which they had teamed up to 
prepare a bachelor's degree for this specific uh, construction management with a surveying emphasis degree, um, which at the time wasn't a beta accredited, uh, but the three states there I was studying in, which would have been Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio, would have accepted this four-year degree with no question. Um, and I could have sat for my licensing tests then. However, I thought I never would need my license. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to own my business. I just wanted to work out in the field and be a tech. And there's nothing wrong with that. But um, as life went on, I uh, it brought me to Maryland. And um, I ended up meeting up with Mike at AI data or accurate infrastructure data. And um, I am now currently uh, still thinking about, well, not thinking, I'm in the process of studying for my exams and um, sitting for my licensing tests. So that's been a fun process to go back to uh, school uh, at a ripe old age of 34. So it's definitely different. And I feel like I should have listened to my teachers back, back there in Kentucky who told me to sit for the test as soon as you're done with school and you'll regret it if you don't. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm marking their words and definitely uh, <laughs> regretting that. But it's um, it's been, I have a good line of communication with a lot of programs here in Maryland. The MSS has um, a lot of different chapters uh, for the region and I've hooked up with some of those guys and they've been, you know, giving me all kinds of study material and tips and we've gotten um, a young surveyors program going uh, through MSS and we've started study groups for people um, due to COVID and not being able to meet up. We've actually been able to do some of them virtually which was exciting. So we could get people from the Eastern shore all the way to uh, you know Washington County to um, participate. So that's been a really fun experience as well. But that's, that's a little bit of my background and how I got to where I am now. That's really encouraging to hear what you're saying about the, the YSN and I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this knows what YSN is, but Young Surveyors Network, in case you don't know. Um, and, and I know that the group in Maryland has been pretty active and the society has been very, very supportive of the Young Surveyors Group in, in Maryland, uh, as have a lot of other states. But um, to be able to work through study groups like you're talking about is such a great advantage uh, because so many people really don't have that. They, when they're thinking about going for a license, they're kind of stuck in terms of sharing any information back and forth with peers uh, because they don't necessarily know other techs who work for other companies. So, yes. and so I, I would expect that through this contact through MSS, that one that MSS has set up, that really has helped facilitate that. And as you well know, having the opportunity to share things with other people and study with other people is, a, is an amazing help, no matter what you're doing, whether it's in college or in life for that matter. So that, that's really great to, to hear. 
Um, and and, and uh, did I understand you to say that that's kind of working? You mentioned Washington County. That's that's way west in Maryland. So you got yeah. people from all over the state that are involved, sounds like. Yeah, we've been able to get um, ever since I've um, started participating with our um, young surveyors chapter and within the MSS, we've been able to, uh, you know, get a good outreach. We've started um, with going to um, last year we had the fall uh, meeting and um, we were able to get a lot of participants there and, and you know encourage them to study and uh, we've been able to keep in contact with them so it's it's really nice to get you know maybe that one big uh, group meeting where you can actually you know put a face with a name but then be able to stay connected virtually has been pretty good it's been a nice uh, a nice way to keep people connected all over right now were you involved then or and if you were were you able to attend the fall meeting we had a couple of years ago over um in maryland where the international ysn group came yes um i think part of that was um in college park it was yes was it yep yep uh, that's actually where i first started um one of my first i guess national meetings i ever attended was there and i got to see a lot of good speakers and just get really inspired it's it's really nice to go to those seminars and just hear different things and people working on you know different we were talking earlier about how surveying is so different um there's so many pieces that it, it gets involved in and um it it was really nice and inspiring to go to that which inspired me to be a part of our group here uh, with the ys uh and yeah, that group, I've been lucky enough through FIG, through where the y International YSN kind of got its start, uh, to be in some of their international meetings when they meet with FIG, and they're just amazing. I mean, the, the enthusiasm, the fun things they do, um, it's, it's I'm, some people are going to get mad at me from saying this, but it, <laughs> it, it's such a departure from sometimes when we, the older groups, are meeting, you know, we it's almost like we think having fun is a bad thing. Um, and it isn't, obviously. It's it's part of what you're doing. So I'm always inspired by that group when I'm able to visit with them wherever they are uh, around the world. And you may or may not have met John Hohall during that meeting, but John has been our representative to FIG for decades. I mean, a long, long time. Right. And he's been really instrumental in helping get YSN here in the United States. And, and making such a strong push. So it's great to hear that that's reaping rewards and is creating an atmosphere for, for young surveyors to have that platform and sort of a support group, if you will. Yeah, and I found it very inspiring, you know, along with the support to, you know, you're maybe had a little thought about, oh, what do I wanna do for my future? And then you, you get involved in a group like that and it's, you know your support's there you're you're inspired and and just to keep going and and it perks your curiosity and your creativity and it's it's really good to be in, involved with that group of people so I'm, i can see why you know trying to spread the good word if you will is is, uh, <laughs> is
is what we're trying to do with the diversity committee. So yeah, absolutely. So how about your day-to-day -day stuff? What do you what do you get to work on? So uh, what we do here is for a sue firm or a subsurface utility engineering firm. So my day-to-day -day consists of looking through uh, old records and putting together utility maps for uh, developers so they can know what's underground and be able to design around that or you know tap into the utilities that they need to or um, even uh, we have bigger com uh, clients that uh, we work for that they're redoing their utility uh, network so they need to know where their utility network is and how to you know expand on that so it's it's a bunch of different things and I've uh, got involved with AI data 10 years ago and it's it's like a new day every day and it's amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know how much you you were talking about looking at old records and I assume by that you're talking about old utility records perhaps and yeah, but it made me think of the, the property side because obviously the work you're doing affects a lot of different properties and property owners and that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. that was always one of the things that intrigued me was um, I say this a lot. So our listeners will get tired of me saying it, but I always talk about the parcel puzzle, you know, because surveying is like a right. puzzle and and the type of research you're doing is similar to that in that you're building something you're you're finding out how all these things work and have worked and where they are and uh, where they are on particular properties and all of that. And to me, that's the, the most exciting part of surveying is is being able to go through and work those puzzles. And then uh, I think it really helps to be able to and want to communicate with people oftentimes. And, and that's one thing, too, that I'm so inspired with by the young surveyors is that not only willingness to do it, but eagerness to do that communication. You know, historically, yeah. I've had surveyors say to me, Kurt, I became a surveyor, so I'll never have to talk to anybody again. And and so I'm always inspired by you guys because you don't have any of those feelings at all. You're, you want to do that. That's very impressive. Yes. Um, I personally feel like I'm always seeking for more information. Um, you know, working in, in this line of uh, the civil industry, coming across a, a maintenance person that's been with, you know, the building for 20 years and picking his brain about where, you know, he remembers the utilities going in at and putting that puzzle together. Like you just said with your parcels, we, I feel like we do the same thing. Like we're just always putting a puzzle together and there's a missing piece or you have to make it fit. And it's just, it's always got your brain working. So it's great. Yeah, and you're saying that reminds me of years and decades ago. Uh, I worked in Blacksburg for years after school, and uh, Radford City was one of our clients, and we were doing a project for them to build new water lines and upgrade and all that kind of thing. And there was a guy who was like their water superintendent, had been there forever. And he was the only source available. He knew where every valve was, every he knew where everything was. But I know I talked to a guy not too long ago who worked with him. I think I might have even done a podcast with him where he was talking about picking that guy's brain through the years before he retired or they would have been lost. Right. 
Yeah, we've we've come across a number of those same situations where, you know, this guy has just retired, but, you know, he'll answer this emergency call because he is the only person that knows where things are or, you know, or the guy retired and there is no more contact and they've lost everything. So they've hired us to come in and remap their whole campus because they don't have those records anymore. And it's, it's insane how, you know, everybody just back in the day wanted to put things in the ground and, you know, oh, well, we'll never need to know where that is again. <laughs> and it's kind of, you know, biting people in the butt now. And uh, infrastructure is going to be uh, a forever business. So I'm glad I got into it and I find it fun and challenging. And it's it's going to make a, a good career for me, I believe. So in, in terms of finding existing underground sometimes, do you guys have the, uh, I know there's some equipment that makes it easier to find underground. And I think there's probably even some that in certain cases can run through the lines themselves to to help find. And that's always intrigued me because, you know, back in the, the dark ages when I was doing it, none of that stuff existed. So that, that must be exciting to have that kind of capability. Yeah, the witch sticks back then, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, you should come. Um, I know Mike and John do a, a demo. Um, we did one for the MSS up at uh, Chesapeake College a uh, year ago or so, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and we put on a, a field demonstration. They do, you know, they're talking bit and explain underground utilities and Sue. Um, but they also do a field demo. demo, uh, demo. And um, we, we pull out all of our equipment and show off pretty much. Uh, but yes, there's many different pieces of equipment that help us with locating underground utilities. And, um, you know, just like surveying, the technology keeps getting bigger and better and more data. Um, the same thing's happening with the locating equipment where there's just always new developments and we like to, you know, stay on top of the game. So we like to play with the new toys and see what works best. And it's a uh, been fun and it'll continue. I just I can't imagine that it's not going to continue to grow. So I would think so because the demand is going to be there. And um, I think it's gotten to the point now where, from the client's perspective, that is anticipated as to what they can expect. So it, it means, seems to mean at least, that if I'm going to survey somebody's property and there's utilities to be involved, then unless I have my own equipment, I'm going to need to come to, to folks like right. you and not just depend on whatever scraps of information I can put together because the expectation is there that it's going to be accurate. Correct. Right. It's um, so it's definitely been a developing world where, you know, we have to inform clients that it's not a foolproof system. Um, we do like to get it as correct as possible, but it's locating um, equipment. It's not, <laughs> it's a really big training process that isn't quite there, like how surveying um, has four year degrees or two year degrees, or, you know, it, they have some sort of schooling behind that. There's actually no schooling yet behind the 
locating world. Um, some seminars here and there, but there's no like actual class curriculums, which has been talked about uh, maybe developing that as well. So that'll be interesting to see in the future if, if they can start educating uh, people and, and technicians with like a classroom type setting. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, it sounds like it's more of a mentor kind of thing, the way yeah. surveying historically has always been. And I would I would guess, I mean, first, I should say you're very lucky to be working with somebody like Mike um, yeah. and the people he works with because they've 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 done the business. They know the business. They know how everything's supposed to work. Um, but historically there there weren't a lot of those type types of people around so the education is going to have to step up i think and and help because all of those mentors are getting gray-haired like me so um <laughs> yeah. I, I i just think about okay how long how much longer can you depend on that it's great to have them and you couldn't actually do your work without it but i i can see where trying to find ways to prepare people to use the right equipment, know what to do, almost like in land surveying. That, right. That's really important. I'm a little surprised there, there isn't more education opportunity available. Right. It's, it's usually all apprenticeship kind of thing. You know, we take somebody on, you know, young or just greenhorn, if you will, and then just try to educate them through doing and um, and then you know like you said the the company that I work for is definitely uh, I like to say we're the best in the business but, uh, <laughs> not not trying to promote us or anything but um no they do they uh, they've we put together little um, education sessions and training sessions for our own uh, technicians um, so they can learn the theory of locating as uh, along with the actual practicals of locating. So I'm um, knowing how to do it is one thing, but knowing how it works is another thing. So they've they've definitely been a big pusher of educating our own. So um, I know John Baratini is very has been involved in the UESI and um, those those guys out there and they're trying to, you know, have a push for educating more people about Sue. Right. That's, that's for sure. So as, as time goes along now, I guess, um, the, like with young surveyors, um, this is a great opportunity, I think, to build the whole group of people together so that everybody's working together and everybody knows what the other person's doing and and who's responsible for what and, and all those kind of things. So that, that's really exciting to me because, uh, again, there weren't those kind of opportunities years and years ago. It was, you're kind of isolated. So I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm so excited about young surveyors. And, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you and others are as excited about it and, <laughs> and hope that that ends up translating into helping us as a profession, not just NSPS, but as profession overall to make sure our, our future's strong and, and that we're doing the right things and bringing people on board. And uh, that's one thing that YSN is so great about. Like you said, you build all those relationships. You don't have to wait till you're 50 years old to start making those yeah. relationships. So 
that's right. the reason I'm so excited about it. So are you looking at leadership roles in YSN at some point more so or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love being involved and I, it, like I said, it's almost contagious. So when I uh, found out about YSN and I saw, you know, a need, a need for people to participate and to come and be there. I mean, it's more than just being a body that shows up. It's, you know, to actually participate and um, to be heard. It, it's been a uh, a really unique experience so yeah i could see myself looking to be in a uh or looking for a leadership role in, in the future if that's still needed um you know like i said i'm still working on my licensing and that that'll come but um <laughs> we got i got a couple uh year plan on that so uh but hopefully in the future when all of that comes together i can definitely be more of a, a leadership role in there so the path you're looking at for licensure, uh, obviously you go through the fundamentals exam and, and then you go through the, the final. Is, and I haven't taken any exams for a really long time. So um, I know the, the strategies have changed somewhat and they somewhat mm -hmm. depend on education levels and all that. So if one is going in without a degree in surveying, Mm -hmm. Once you get past fundamentals, then you still only have the same amount of time as everybody else who got to fundamentals. You don't have a longer period of time. Might take longer to get to fundamentals, but in between it's okay. the same, right? Right. Um, well, actually, in Maryland, um, now you can take the fundamentals at any time. You don't oh. need to get uh, it required. You don't need to get approved. You can literally line uh, sign up from any uh, NCES and take it whenever. Um, so you do have to go through your application process and the board to qualify for your professional licensing test and the um, state exam, of course. And then we also have a minor engineering uh, test as well. So there's for Maryland specifically, there will be four tests. Yeah, just as an aside, I recently put my Maryland license on retired status because I'm not practicing and I probably would right. never do that with my Virginia license because I'm a Virginian, right? So, right. but, but uh, when I put it on retired status, I mentioned this to a few other people as well, that I got a nice certificate saying that I was a retired status. And I think I did this in 2017, maybe. And, okay. and at the bottom, it said that it had to be renewed before the year 2117. Mm -hmm. So my goal is now to live long enough to renew my retired status. So if I live another hundred years, I'll be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe that was a typo, maybe? Or I don't know. Just it was just very, it, it was I peculiar. Yeah, I, I really don't think that they want you guys to retire at all. You're not allowed. <laughs> you have to stay here forever because we have such the gap in age groups. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and that's, again, what's so exciting about what's happening with, with, with people in your age group and with young surveyors, because now we feel, we the older people feel that, that the profession is going to continue to thrive. Yeah. And, and we've got so many really interested, intelligent, 
interactive people involved in young surveyors, I think it'll even even be better just because of the willingness to share with each other and understand how important it is to have those contacts. That hasn't always been true. And that's to me, that's probably the best thing about young surveyors is creating a group of people who understand that. Yeah. And it's it's definitely um becoming a bigger network and I think with you know more colleges having programs that will you know sponsor or advertise for surveying along with you know back in the day it was an apprenticeship you know I worked on my dad's crew or you know I worked for my neighbor and that's how I got into it and you know if if you have the marketing and the advertisement from the colleges like we have this program then people are going to be like oh well what's that maybe maybe I'll go try that instead of you know just lucking into it so building the network from all angles is, is going to be uh, to our advantage as well. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I, I appreciate you being with me today. Um, it's just so exciting to, to be able to have the conversations with, with people from different backgrounds, people that are doing different things. And actually, I think you're the, you're probably the first person we've had on the podcast that is specifically into um, the underground utility side. Yeah. And uh, so that will be very helpful for anybody who's going to listen to get a perspective for, you know, where that is now and, and what the opportunities are. Cause I'm not sure everybody understands that in your situation, you still have that opportunity to go toward licensure. And, and that's fantastic. Yeah. It's it. And we still need uh, people like this at, in, and just real quick before we hop off here, there's new, the ASE standards are coming out. I, I don't know, if, you know, the pandemics put them off as well as so many other things, but um, they were supposed to come out with uh, a new um, regulations or standards this year. And part of that regulations is going to be for um, getting utility plans signed and sealed. And, and to what capacity if, you know, surveyors can sign and seal or you have to be a professional PE, uh, we don't know yet, but I think it's going to be state by state, um, but it still leaves a big, you know, role for the, for the surveyor potentially. So um, definitely it's, it's all good stuff. Yeah, that's true. As a matter of fact, if you have anything to share on, on that particular item, send it to me because I'm not sure that's something that's well known among the, the quote surveyor population. So um, that would be good information to be able to share. I, I'd appreciate that. Of course, of course. I will, I will dig something up for you to look at. Like I said, it's not finalized, but it's definitely there's some um, rough drafts out there, if you will, that uh, people have been looking at and, and commenting good. on. So, yeah. Well, thanks again. I hope you have time to have lunch before Mike cracks the whip on you and makes you go back to work. <laughs> I think I will, but thank you. It's been my pleasure to speak with you. this afternoon. Well, thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. Take care. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, 
the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. Surveyor.